everybody wants to be a part of the culture until it's time to be diverse, equitable, and inclusive. So we're having the uncomfortable conversations needed to spark the change right here, right now. We're your hosts, Ty Devereaux Lawson. And I'm Simeon Coker. And we say all the things you wouldn't. Welcome back to the Mixed Company Podcast. Uh, okay, is this thing on? It has been quite it's, a while. It's on. It's, I guess it's on, or as the millennials used to say back in the day, on and popping. I'm sure the kids don't say that no more. We've grown as hell. We're so grown. I have that, my that, that felt wrong. I'm sure it felt wrong. I'm sure I'm I'm officially not a cool kid anymore. But what will always be cool is that we are back with another season of Mixed Company Podcast after going on a year-long hiatus. Mm-hmm. Simeon, how have you been? I have been through all the things. Um, and I think you called it a Serena Gap year, so I'm rocking with that. Um, I did it, but it is a Serena Gap year. Yeah. So we're, we've been gone for a minute, back with the jump off. I'm, I'm good. Today's, today's been a busy day. Um, last year was busy. Um, for a lot of reasons <laughs> a lot of things happen it's the first time my, my my job was in the news every day oh my so, gosh you, know, you were basically an influencer I was I was living a real-time nightmare and we don't need to say no names but you know we don't we out, can't why can't we what's gonna happen I, I mean shout out to everybody who's on the Elon sabbatical that's all I okay <laughs> Elon sabbatical that's what we'll call right, it shout out to like everybody that. who's on the Elon sabbatical who who got an email the randomly one night that says if you're if you're if you're logged out of your email tomorrow morning you no longer have a job <laughs> shout out what a life we live. Um, but I guess we'll get into that. So welcome everybody to Mixed Company Podcast. If you had been rocking with us between the years, which seems so ancient now, 2016 mm-hmm. and 2021, you already know what it is. If you've never heard us before and you're here by accident, welcome, take off your coat, stay a while. Um, mm-hmm. I am your one of your co-hosts. I am Kai Devereaux motherfucking Lawson um but if I'm at work it's usually just Kai Devereaux Lawson um and I'm here with my co-host Simeon Coker and we I'm about to say that's it that's, <laughs> that's it and we lead this podcast mixed company podcast uh just a quick refresher when we started this podcast back in 2016 it was really to take a moment um, for ourselves, really just therapy. This is before I think we could afford therapy and really just kind of, um, uh, I was going to say bitch about our jobs, but it wasn't even like that. It was like mm-hmm. our opportunity to say all the things out loud that nobody else would want to say in mixed company. And so mm-hmm. we created this platform. We created this space to have honest conversations about what it was like being a, a person of color, but really and truly Black um in in advertising and yeah. creative spaces um and how we experienced uh uh the conversations about diversity equity and inclusion um without actually being in charge and so we did that for what five years i can't count 2016 yeah that's about five six years yeah we, we did that for a while and then guess what happened y'all um we got better jobs <laughs> 
Uh, and, and a whole pandemic happened. And a whole pandemic. A pandemic yeah. happened. You know, one thing I was thinking about today because I'm writing something to present is like, I think that our passion for like culture outside of like diversity, equity, and inclusion was like a driving force for like what we were doing. 100%. And as I was writing stuff, I was like, the, the whole tone of this podcast has been like influenced by hip hop and the values and the behaviors of that. And so that's why we're still here. That's why we're still back. I think there are things that need to be said. Um, you know, we had we had a a decentish pandemic moment of DEI where everybody was getting jobs and it was fun. And huh. now we're <laughs> back to the uh we're on the other side of it. I mean, we recorded, we recorded through that first, those first two years of the pandemic. Um, and really talking about those changes in 2020 and 2021 and going back and listening to some episodes, like just so much has changed over the last six years. Um, but I think what we realized was two things. And this is why you either haven't heard from us in a while or this is the first time you're hearing from us. First of all, people were burnt the fuck out, like just point blank period. There was just too much going on, even for ourselves um it was it became very hard i'll speak for myself and Simeon. like if you think differently but it became very difficult for me to um survive a pandemic keep a job uh have a relationship keep my friends around and still like drink water sometimes exercise and whatever the hell else we're supposed to do like mm -hmm. something had to go and for 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 me, the podcast was the thing that could get put on the back burner. And especially, I think, um, at the time that we put the, we put, I think we named the last episode, like, final-ish, because we didn't yeah. know. So millennial. <laughs> we know so, right, like, the commitment, like, I'm, I, I, I am scared of commitment to quit. Like, I don't, I don't know. I might come back. Because um, here we are. Because here we are. But, like, even at that time, it was like, man. I don't know what the hell else we could talk about because we done said everything that there is to say or that I at the time had to say mm -hmm. about racism, sexism, bias, microaggressions, da -da 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 representation, and da -da 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 -da. and it's like, but you don't hear me though. So I needed a goddamn break. <laughs> Where were you at with it, uh, December 2021, Simeon? Uh, I needed a break. Uh, I'm glad that you articulated that we needed a break because... 2022 was insanity uh started a new job got laid off from a job uh personal life was just like wild crazy so yeah it was needed i think you know one of the things i've been telling people um lately because i guess i'm like a spiritual guru is uh <laughs> that <laughs> okay the, the the crazy things that were happening i think were like signs to like really slow down because we were going top speed and it felt comfortable because we were accomplishing things that we wanted to accomplish. Agreed. And, you know, the pandemic and being burnt out was like a really good time to like stop and reflect and, you know, figure out what's, what's next. And as we were doing that, like our careers were like accelerating or, or, or literally. Or, yeah. They were accelerating and uh, elevating um, and so, yeah, we had to approach it from a different perspective because it's no longer um, what you what we said at the beginning. It's like we're not mid-level anymore. We're 
actually the people that we were talking shit about. <laughs> we are literally the people we were talking shit about. Like, and the I, I always look at the irony of my life through that lens because listen, manifestation is real. And I don't know mm-hmm. if anybody else is into that. Meta, what is it? Metaphysics, the secret, God, whatever you do, universe, whatever you do, y'all. For me and my house, as for me and my house, um, mm-hmm. it is very real. And it's real in the context of You know, when I was in college, I said I would never work in advertising because it was for people who were (laughs) lame and couldn't get into into entertainment. And then I couldn't get in entertainment. So I ended up in advertising. And then here we were talking really and and it was talking shit, I think, is is the the familiar way to express Mm -hmm. it. But I think the proper way, because we are adults now, so we know how to speak two languages, grown up and ratchet. Um, I think the grown up way to say it is that, you know, we were critiquing, heavily critiquing an industry and a culture that we loved, right? Like shout out to James Baldwin for making that real for a lot of people. But mm-hmm. like, if we didn't care, we wouldn't talk about it. If it didn't yeah. bother us, if it didn't hurt us, if it didn't, if we didn't want it to actually be better and to want something to be better requires a lot of love. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have talked as much shit as we did. We wouldn't mm-hmm. have had the episodes about sexism, about racism, about accessibility, about the LGBTQ plus community and how to engage them and how to be better leaders. If we actually didn't a believe it could happen and b want to see it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way the universe and, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I identify as Christian, um, me and my guy work, you know, he was like, Haha, shout out to Usher, watch this. Since you talk so much mess, we're going to put you in, in charge. And and that's kind of what the last um, couple years have been. But particularly since we last recorded, you know, for me, it's just been my experience actually being a direct leader, a highly visible mm-hmm. leader in this space. And it's been wild and crazy kids. Shout out to 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 um Omar Gooding. Um, <laughs> nobody remembers him. I keep making '90s references, and these I, I know what you're talking I about. I talk to like they be like, "Huh? What? Yeah. What is you, that? you keep making references from the 1900s. Is what the you're 1900s? <laughs> I keep referencing the 1900s, and they don't understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know the the thing that was like giving us uh piece when we were doing was that we were calling it solution venting right so we would say whatever it is that we needed to say but always end the episodes with a takeaway what should be happening and what i really think we were doing because we weren't in the positions to actually change the colors change the cultures is we were kind of creating our thesis right we had all of these ideas and theories about what should be happening and how people should be managed and the systems that should be in place at work to ensure that they're diverse, equitable, and and um, inclusive. And I think we manifested our roles because we've been able to not just like talk about it, but actually uh, do the things. Um, and I don't know about you, but like my my biggest thing was you know, and Tracy May from uh, Chicago said this in three percent is like bad creative director begets bad creative director begets bad creative director, right? And so like a lot of my gripes are around creative directors. So to now be in a situation where I am a creative director and I'm going to toot my own horn and say, people like to work for me. They like to work with me. 
Um, and they, um, they appreciate my style of managing. I feel good. I feel like we, we had a few years of really talking about something that we wanted to see happen. And now we're able to make it happen. I agree. Uh, I also have heard people like to work with you. Uh, I've never worked for you, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the streets talk or whatever. And that's what I've heard. Um, I, 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 I think it's really special for us to be able to come back to this conversation about creativity, particularly because, you know, a lot of what we focused on or what I was very particular about focusing on um in in i don't know what do we call what do we call it um is this b c yeah before covid and after mm. covid b c yep. a lot of what we focused i guess it's not after it's during covid anyway mm -hmm. a lot of what we focused on was um the ad industry and and you know Simeon, I give you credit where it's due. You're always very keen on having a broader conversation about culture, entertainment, creativity, um, and and the different areas that it, that that manifests. Um, because you you are right, and you continue to be right, especially as all of these worlds continue to converge in ways mm -hmm. that you know people really tried to keep barriers and boxes before, yeah. but now it's like your advertising agency is working social influencership is working with record labels mm -hmm. is looping is using musicians as influencers is making movies and 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 doing stuff with sporting events and it's mm -hmm. like there's it's it's the same world we look at it through different lenses we mm -hmm. enter it through different doors but we play in the same sandbox and so you know it this time around the ex our my expectation and and maybe not my expectation but more so my um I'm I'm more open to having that broader conversation and I'll even I'll even be a little bit um vulnerable and 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 share that you know a lot of why I wanted us to focus on solely advertising in the ad space before was really to validate our influence and understanding of this business and and mm -hmm. you know a big learning from working with this podcast and producing this podcast has been that like our value isn't really attached to the podcast but more so to what we know about the world around us and so I'm excited for us to have more conversations like you've been wanting to have friend yeah I mean I think um what you're referring to is like the thought leadership. I think the thought leadership is the thing that's actually been putting a dent in culture because when we look at when we started, the thing that sticks out to me was the amount of people who looked at us like we were crazy. Like we couldn't say the things that we were saying because no one else was saying them. And now you fast forward to this point and it's a whole generation uh, of people that say all of the things, every all the things. everybody loud and wrong sometimes too right so it's loud it's, clear I, and wrong and and, and and even when there is there is like no even when i'm like no i also understand like you got to go through a process yeah yeah so i think my north star this this time around is definitely about creativity but uh looking at it through the lens of internal cultures and then american culture as as a whole because 
you know, one of one of my theories now is like, I don't care how many strategists you have. If your team is not diverse, you're going to miss something. You're going to miss a nuance. Um, if you're not being intentional about creating inclu inclusive work, you're going to miss a, some, something somewhere. And so really leaning into the fact that um, how these teams are created and how they are, are managed is directly in line with the work that we're seeing out in the world. And, you know, that's, that's, that's my goal. I think my goal uh, um, as we move forward is to, to, to really bring more visibility to what happens on the inside. And like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I share with people constantly, I must've said this. Um, I'm trying to think how many meetings I had yesterday, maybe like four or five times um, with se several folks, I had some conversation with some folks with, from the trades and really sharing with them, like, you know, when we started this podcast, a lot of our POV on, on the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, really focused on what they were telling us and what they mm. weren't telling us. Right. So mm. that was the only visibility that we had. And so that also begets a lot of, of, uh, critique, because what's reported is actually what's also always been reported. And it's not, it's not actually wrong. And that's the thing, like, you're not saying anything wrong. You're just not saying anything else. Right. right. And so, you know, with how my life career experience kind of um, shifted over the last year or so has been really seeing like the intricacies and those nuances that like nobody knows, but also nobody talks about. And also recognizing that like, there's a reason why people didn't talk about it because who, Hey, who you want to talk about it to for so many years, nobody gave a one, two, three, four, five fuck about DEI. DEI was go make your little BRGs and stay out mm -hmm. of our way. Okay. Yep. You want a happy hour. We give you a happy hour. You want a reward. We got you with some pizza. Shout out mm -hmm. to severance on Apple TV plus for bringing like, <laughs> I felt so seen in severance. Like I just need people to know I felt so seen in severance, especially during the pizza party reward, like, or the waffle party reward. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, yo, people really be trying to play you. Like you just, thank you so much for helping us generate these millions of dollars. Here's mm -hmm. your, pizza. here's your, yeah. you and, and you can only have one. <laughs> And, and and enjoy. <laughs> enjoy. And make sure you show me that you're happy or else you'll never get one of these again. You know? So like that existed for so long. So like I get why a lot of folks, um, the folks that have come before me in this space may not have necessarily spoken about it. I also understand like the ramifications of sharing certain things. So like you mm -hmm. want to be transparent, but you know how y'all get. You know how mm -hmm. we get. You know how everybody gets. Everything gets judged. And being in a business where like being judged in a particular way can be the difference between you making and breaking your business. There's a lot of fear around it. Um, so, I mean, I say all that to say, like, I, I have new perspective. Um, am I humbled? Yes. Does that matter? No, I'm still going to say what I want to say. Um, but I, I, I have a greater empathy, but also a, a bigger understanding about the work and about how things happen. I think a lot of mm -hmm. times, um, the last time or the last go around with this podcast, we would often ask, yo, who the hell was at the table? Well, who yeah. said that? Who yeah. did that? Why they said that? And like, 
there's a lot that goes into it. Now, let me not make anybody think that I am an apologist now. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> some of the shit still be on some bullshit. And we will talk about the dope shit and the ain't shit. Yeah. But there's, we there's right. deeper complexity. We were, right. we were right. And I think we right. I think that's that's kind of what I've seen as we've evolved is like we were right, but we didn't have we also didn't have the right context. Right. And as we continue to have these conversations about representation, culture, authenticity, and 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 how that relates to the greater world, that context is actually the thing that needs to be addressed mm. not just whether it's right or wrong good or bad mm. the polarity of 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 righteousness is not what we should be arguing at least that's what i believe now but mm. it's mo- more so the understanding the context of why people behave the way they do why mm. they make decisions they make and then addressing that so that we can make more aggressive change and that means that it's now a science, right? Like this is very technical. This is very operational. It's not good enough to just, at least the way I see it now, it's not good enough to just be a good or bad person. Good mm. people make really shitty decisions all the fucking time. All the time. All the all time. the time. Okay. That's why there are several degrees to, I was going to say murder, but just several degrees of <laughs> any crime. Like, just because you didn't weren't the one to do the crime, you could be a part of a conspiracy. And I think like that is how we have to look at <laughs> that's better than what I was really gonna say. But like you can be a you can actually aid in a in in the crime of lack of oh, inclusion yeah. by just by association. And also there are some really there are some people that, you know, I think that we may have identified as villains in the past. Mm-hmm. that actually aren't really the villains and may just have been misunderstood, miscommunicated about, miscommunicated to, or wrong place, wrong time. And so mm-hmm. there's just so much. Um, yeah. It also makes me feel old. Um, and I know people I are more mature than we are <laughs> going to say shut up. <laughs> but like uh, coming into this space and no longer being the kid, I think when we started mm-hmm. this, we were kind of, perceived as like the young voices we're not the young voices anymore um Mm -hmm. and so that in itself will play a role in how we have how we have our conversations on this platform yeah absolutely um being in a leadership position i think some of the moments that you're talking about is where it's just like it's just sticky as fuck like it's just sticky right and it's it's messy and because these systems have been in place for X amount of time. Like people feel very comfortable doing business a certain way. And so I, I I think a lot of what we were talking about was like how to do business differently, specifically within agencies, because it's so subjective, because it's, it's, it has been so cutthroat. And so I think now we're in a position where we can not only like discuss it, but we can go into wherever we're working and test those theories out and, and be humble enough to go, all right, that was wrong. How do we pivot? Or what was the learning from this one that we could take to the next one? And that's, I think that would be the thing that we're sharing because, you know, advertising is one of those places. And I think a lot of creative industries where you don't get managerial training, you are given leadership positions. And we've talked about this before because you do great work and 
that hasn't worked before. I think a lot of the horror stories that we talked about in those first couple of seasons were were just due to people who were shitty managers and weren't looking at business or looking at how to manage through a, a lens of humanity. And now, now we can bring that. We can actually say, y'all yep. are shitty. This is what we did to make our situ- situations better when we're dealing with whoever on our teams. And I think that's what's going to make, and I, I'm saying going to, it's it's that's really for y'all. But it, I think for us as friends, as industry colleagues, it's, et cetera, I think that's what's made us better leaders. So mm-hmm. like before, when we started the podcast, when we started this podcast, we were speaking truth to power from spaces of power, speaking and bringing more clarity to mm-hmm. where we identified, which was that messy middle, I think is going to be helpful. Because for me, that's where I think, like, I think that's where a lot more change needs to happen. I'm not saying that, you know, C-suite executives are off the hook in any way, shape or or form, keep the mm-hmm. same energy. And, you know, before we were only talking to them. Yeah. And what happens in, and 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 I'll use 2020 as an example. What happens when you focus your attention on one layer of people to make a change? Everybody else be like, yup, that's mm-hmm. right. Tell them, make them, they need to. And then when you say, Well, what are you gonna do? They're like, uh, uh-uh. they're not talking to me. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do nothing. I'm I'm an ally. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a good person. <laughs> I understand. I, I believe Black Lives Matter. And so for I do not need to, and that's not the case. It literally yeah. in a system, uh, uh, I had I actually had someone uh, tell me um, at some point last year and it boiled my blood to no end. They were like, I don't think we have, I don't think that there's a, a process problem. I think there's a people problem. And I had to push back and challenge like, well, what is the difference between a people problem and a process problem if the people are the ones carrying out the process? Because if you're changing, if you're changing the rules and they still want to do the process the way they want to do the process, then it is the same challenge. It is the Mm -hmm. same challenge. Right. Um, And so we can't I I don't believe that we can pull people away from that. And I also believe that accountability is just as hierarchical, hierarchical. I don't know. It's accountability is a vertical and a horizontal experience it is not just talking up and 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 speaking truth to power above you but it's speaking truth to power within your teams and within yourselves um and and i i'm i'm looking forward to offering perspective on how people can be accountable for Mm -hmm. their own for the the smaller communities that they engage in not just you know, us making the change for us because that didn't work. But for everybody that loves to say they love DEI and I believe in DEI and I'm here for representation. Well, baby, we need you to do something too. Um, and and so that's that's what I'm looking forward to having conversations about. I, um, I love it. So love let's it. talk about let's talk about real quick. What are some of the things, Sim, that um have changed for you or that have changed uh, in industry and culture um, since December 20, or let's say January, 2022, last January, mm-hmm. what's something that you were like, hold the front door. What is uh, up? What happened last January? I mean, it could <laughs> also like, be in June. It could be in November. It's, it could, it no, could be January. Yeah. I think one of the big things, and I guess this is uh 
something that I observed and also falls under the age shit category is that a lot of the the progress that was made um, as a knee jerk reaction to the racial uprisings of 2020, a lot of that is fading away, uh, being reversed, um, just being undone. And there was an article that I was reading uh, in Forbes uh, about the 12 ways that CEOs and companies failed chief diversity officers because a lot of them were hired as a knee-jerk reaction. And I think they made some really good points that even speak to what we were just talking about earlier of just, you know, speaking up to them and not having a peek behind the curtain uh, allows us to, didn't allow us to advocate for them in ways that you know, as the people they were looking to serve, we could have, because, you know what I'm saying? If you need more people, like, say that. you got to go gang, gang, right? You yeah. have to say that. Um, and so the, I'll just run through the points really quick. So like the CDOs are chiefs and vice president and names only. So basically they don't have a P&L. They aren't giving any real uh, decision-making power. They have a title. And I would say the easiest way to say it is like, they're like, professional babysitters for these companies. Um, the second point that they made was CEOs really talk to the CDOs. And I think this is something that we talked about um, on this podcast is that, you know, diversity or, or diversity, equity, and inclusion is a, there's a business case for it. And so having it, uh, having those people just report to HR is a missed opportunity because they can directly affect uh, your bottom line. Again, number three, CDOs don't report to the C CEO. Again, the same thing. And uh, they're hired into haphazardly conceived jobs. And like, what does that mean? Basically, this job was created without any real um, thought or vision into how it fits into the structure of this company. And and I think some of us have been hired in ways like that, where we get hired and we there's no 30, 60 day, 90 day plan. There's no real onboarding. Um, you're not set up for success. Uh, number five, uh, CDO roles are lopsidedly HR focused, which we just hit on, um, when there's a, definitely a business case for it. Uh, execs attempt to solve DEI problems without CDOs. And I think we saw a lot of those missteps in uh, 2020, aka the black squares. Like, we, we'll never forget. We will never forget. <laughs> Pepsi could not have been happier for the black squares to happen. So people had a different case study to use about how not to do yeah. activism in your marketing. Like, baby, yeah. thank you. Whoever came up with, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to post a black square, which... In the retrospect, don't ever associate me and my blackness with squareness. Like I just think <laughs> being square is not cool. Uh, but also like and what and and people are still living lives that are not equitable to higher standards in society. So mm. Agreed. Uh, number seven was CDOs. What CDOs say about racial problems gets dis discredited, and I think you know that's what was happening. For some of the things that we were saying earlier on um, in this podcast where they were just saying it's it's not true. And I think one of the great things about this podcast is that we were able to hold some people accountable on the podcast and really talk about the insights from our perspective as people that were reporting into the C-suite. Uh, number eight, DI work isn't connected deeply to the business strategy, which just talked about. Uh, what CDOs do isn't viewed as high stakes. And I think it is one of the things that I've been talking about with with you know people who I'm interviewing with is like 
if if you don't have good retention, you didn't get a return on your investment, right? Like hiring people is a investment. Uh, there's money spent on the hiring. There's money spent on the onboarding. There's money spent when these people start working. And so if you're not getting a return on your, your investment, and I hate to look at it through like a capitalistic lens, but ultimately like, did you get a return, right? And so CDOs, professional reputations are put at risk. And I would say like, this is basically saying like the CDOs are on the front line of decisions that they may not be in charge of, which speaks to a lot of the things that we were critiquing at the beginning of this podcast, uh, where, you know, these CDOs, they were just there in name only. And the only thing that they could do was create a panel discussion during Black History Month or or Latin Heritage Month. And that was that was it. And then um, number 11, nothing or very little is done to retain CDOs. So one of the things that they mentioned is that the CDOs, a lot or a percentage of the CDOs that were hired during 2020, 2021 are gone or they left, they got fired, whatever the case may be. So they're out. So their diversity strategy is like down the, the toilet. Um, and then the last one is nothing changes from one CDO to the next. Um, because there really isn't a North Star. And we've talked about this on the podcast. It's like, what does diversity, equity, and inclusion mean to you? How do you divine, define those values for your agency, for your company? If those aren't clearly articulated, nothing's going to change because you can't pass uh you can't onboard the new CDO with what the old CDO was doing if what that old CDO was doing was fugazi. Mm -hmm. And so I really like this article because I think it summed up what a lot of us have been feeling um, or seeing within the industry in the last uh, couple of months, especially with, like, with the layoffs and the, the inhumane way that they've gone down in some places. Mm -hmm. I think I felt like this article really hit at some of the core challenges that CDOs have, which is why we're not seeing change at scale across the industry. Yep. And I just want to go on the record and say, because I know some people that I work with listen to this, I do not feel that that is my <laughs> role. Okay. I just, you know, it's, it's, it's review season. Okay. It's bonus mm -hmm. season. And I just want to go on the record and say, I I have had a very different experience in my mm. space and and honestly like that paid that played heavily into me choosing to take on the role of of a of a true head of inclusion for a set of agencies and because y'all know, like we talked about it. I keep manifesting. I, I, I want you thing. to say it. I want you to say I it. I said I would never, never ever, ever work in diversity. That's what I said. That's what I said, y'all. I said I would never do this job. I would never. And I, I would never, I would never, I would never. And that's why you don't say things like that. And you definitely don't yeah. say it on a podcast. But you, you, you know what? I, you know, and one of the running jokes right now on the internet is like when Whitney said that we were the future, she set us up for failure. <laughs> I think that like, from my point of perspective, I'll give you your flowers. I think that the way that you're approaching diversity, equity, and inclusion is the future, right? Because you yeah, are very business focused. You don't come from a traditional HR background. You come from a process background and you come from a getting things done background. So a lot of those challenges that I think are here, I think you set yourself up for success in the beginning because you went in talking about these things and making sure that you had the autonomy to create what you wanted to create. 
A hundred percent. And so like, I, I say all that to say, not just to, um, you know, not just to, to, to brag on myself or to kiss, but, um, but really more so it's, it's really more so to acknowledge that I do have colleagues who are experiencing that. Like, I, I, I'm not going to lie. If you're, if your company is coming to my LinkedIn box and asking me if I know people that want to be BI <laughs> and you're telling me you don't have an actual budget in place or that you won't have a budget in place and you don't have no money, then what are no they money. supposed to do? Like, you know, I said it earlier today. It's 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 akin to being like a chief financial officer of an organization. Mm. What am I supposed to do just by telling people, no, 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 don't spend money like that. Yeah. That does nothing, no influence. Mm. And so- you know, in my in my circumstance, in my case, um, and I won't say my agency, even though I know folks can find stuff out, but like, you know, these are the rules of, of speaking on mixed company. We don't talk about where we work directly because you never know, right? Um, but where, you know, in my in my experience, it's really been like the direct access and working and reporting into my CEO was imperative. I would never do it if I didn't have access to a head in my organization that oversaw the business. I would never do the job if it didn't impact the greater business. I think I've also had the 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 support and and have built the trust and rapport across several leaders within the organization to be able to have conversations because it's not good enough to want to be a good person and like I really want people mm-hmm. to divorce themselves from that mindset that somehow Inclusion and DEI is mm-hmm. about treating everybody like equal and making everybody happy, and we all love each other. It is not. It is ugly, and we cuss and we fight. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's messy. we fight like it's messy. It's ugly. It hurts. It's emotionally draining. This job is emotionally draining because there's nothing like seeing people in need and knowing how to get them what they need but you can't get them what they need because of the complexities and now I got to convince you to have a heart and understand and 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 give the people the things and you don't want to give the people the things Mm -hmm. because how do we know they deserve the things and like I would never do this without support I would never Mm -hmm. stay in this job y'all know I quit a job before I would never stay in this job without having the support, having resources, and having the 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 trust of my teams to to lead in a manner that is progressive and that can be seen and that does have impact uh, on our output, on our actual output of work, on how we invest, on how we show up on who gets to grow and who gets access to growth and also every process in between that. And so that has been my experience because, you know, one of the first things I said um, in my interview, I remember um, to the CEO at the time was, you know, I actually believe this can happen. I do believe this is doable. I do know that it, it is slow, but I know that it is doable to get people the things that they need to be able to do their best work. Coming from operations, coming as a pro- coming from being a project manager, a producer, that is what I know to be true. Um, what it needs is buy-in and investment and resources from the people that have those things 
to be able to make it happen. But on the other side, I have other colleagues in the industry that don't have a budget, that don't have a team, that don't have a help. Like, why are we forcing our chief diversity officers to design decks because we won't give them access to a designer? Wild Mm -hmm. and crazy kids. Like, how are you supposed to change hearts and minds about bias and, <laughs> and microaggressions if you're trying to figure out the CMYK of the color for the logo? Like, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. It also Shout out to Canva. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to everybody making decks in Canva right now. <laughs> Shout out to every, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's not shade, but it's honest. Like, yeah. you need the time, the space, the opportunity to do your job well the access, the direct line to leadership and to to, to the primary leadership too. Because in this work, you don't want nobody to like mince your words for you so that it Mm -hmm. don't hit right because you're not comfortable saying it. You want to be able to say, hey, Mr. Mrs. Miss, they, them, CEO, this is what's going on in our backyard. Mm -hmm. You want to change it or not? Like, you want to fix it or not? So, like, let me know, B, because if you don't, that's different. Cool. Now I know. Now we know where we stand. Not me, but now we know where we stand. But if you're saying, yeah, 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 go fix it as a as a head leader of a company or of a corporation, and your chief diversity officer cannot go say, I need to hire, I need to buy, I need to invest, I need to partner, because now they got to ask for incremental budget. Mm. that's wild and crazy you're not real and and we've seen that we've seen <laughs> examples of what it looks like to be real what it feels like to be real but also the continuation of being gaslit to mm. believe in in people who who won't if you don't in, invest in it i know you don't believe in it mm. you know and so that's that's definitely something that we've seen um but shout out to everybody because i know we still got bills to pay right I know that folks got mortgages as as oh my god we both bought homes in the in that calendar year we have we have homes we have bigger bills. Um, I think I, I I I closed before we went on hiatus. Yes, but like it's been a year, like um, over a year. So so oh, yeah. like responsibilities, like shout out to everybody that has real responsibilities and needs the job, and that's the job you do. It's no shade to you. But also it's a hundred percent shade. Actually, it's a spotlight on, you know, the gaslighting that continues to happen. Um, so that's that's definitely something that was a trend. I would say one trend that I saw last year that was hilarious hilarious, interesting. Somebody needs to do a case study on it. I'm too old to um I'm at the point in in my career in life where I like to go to bed at eight o'clock. So I <laughs> personally won't be writing this case study but anybody that wants a new hobby try it um the rise and fall of um of an of an employee led um job search like like Mm. i remember like before the pandemic if you were looking for a job it was easier to to get kind of like persuaded to just go with what we give you Mm. 
And then the pandemic happened, the start of the pandemic happened, and everybody was like, hmm, life is too short for me to be out here making peanuts when I know that I can have steak at the next company. And so all of y'all quit. <laughs> everybody quit their job. Everybody quit their daggone job. There was a shortage. Um, and was like, I don't need to live like this. And then they went to work for where they wanted to. And then um, the recession, that was absolutely like no surprise. Like mm -hmm. I keep hearing people say we're not in a recession. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, bruh, because I go to the grocery store. I bought a house with the interest rates. I keep seeing people literally lose their jobs. I actually saw a couple people who, especially pri primarily in the tech space, lost their jobs a couple times. Like they'd lose a job to, uh -huh. yeah, they 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 were laid off from one company, got another job three months later, and then six months after that was laid off again and like multiple yeah. reports of that. So like, what do, you, what do you mean what recession? Like, because I don't know the rich white men in Washington, D.C. haven't called it. <laughs> This is the this is the Kai session. This is I don't like how this is. <laughs> um, I think what I've seen is like that how it went from like oh my god I can do whatever I want make all this money ask for a ridiculous amount of money to oh my god they're letting all of us go to now it's a lot it's been a lot harder for folks to find jobs like I I'm yeah. I'm seeing people that I know very well who are really having a hard time it's a it's it's a competitive market again and. In this being a competitive market, people are, companies are starting to use work from home or weaponizing, I guess is a better way to say work from home. Well, if you want this job, you need to be in the office five days a week, 40 mm. hours or more a week. And that's that, mm. or you don't get the job. And it's like, well, now hold on a minute. Mm. I thought that we established that the country, like from <laughs> a monetary standpoint was more productive we've made yeah. more money especially never forget the mass layoffs that happened in the middle of the onset of the pandemic mm -hmm. helped a lot of companies make their money and then they hired everybody back up after that and had all this money to give them right but it's been interesting to see that flow of where the power swings from job prospect to company mm -hmm. And how and what what is weaponized to to help each entity get their way, you mm. know, um, that I mean, I it's just wild. And I actually want to do a show on that because it's like I remember I wrote at the top of the pandemic about how y'all gave us two weeks off from work to work from home. We are we you've opened up Pandora's box and mm. somebody on the Instagram, no, on the Twitter. TikTok. No, on the Twitter said, that's not, cause TikTok wasn't out yet. See, you see how quickly, you see how quickly. No, TikTok was out. Nobody was I made my TikTok in I made March my of first, 2020. I made my first TikTok in March of 2020. My yeah, that was after TikTok. Megan Thee Stallion, right? I'm talking about like before, before we knew that this was permanent. Oh yeah, yeah. Before we knew this was permanent, before we were bored and looking for house party games to play. Okay. What a um, time. <laughs> but what there, a time. Was a, there was a, a 
Twitter person um, who was like, that'll never happen. They will never um, let people work from home. And mm. literally like that is the battle, the battle for autonomy, um, the battle for comfort, the battle for choosing your community has for me has been at the epicenter of, 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 I guess this um, job, job acquisition or talent acquisition uh, uh, um, movement, if you will. And so that has been something interesting for me to see. And, and, and my hope is also through the podcast that for those that are looking for jobs during this time that we are able to help to give insight, feedback, tips, tricks, advice, et cetera. Um, we also saw Simeon, as I transition into another thought, mm -hmm. um, we are also seeing the backlash of everything that we experienced uh, over the last decade. I think you call it the backlash of the Obama years. Mm. Um, I <laughs> am calling, I am looking at it like we are reliving, um, we are basically reliving reconstruction mm. all over again. Um, it's been quite scary actually to see how the world and so therefore marketing has shifted from truly attempting to be open to new ideas and new ways of thinking and social media and tech and technology mm -hmm. giving people who were unheard and and unplatformed before platforms to speak and share their truths has now turned into a way for people who don't want people to know the truth or or who don't believe that in the truth themselves to mm -hmm. promote their own ideals and so you know we're seeing bills in florida like don't say gay over the last year mm -hmm. last year never forget um roe versus wade was overturned by none other than the united states supreme court who I think maybe only once before had overturned something and then might've just been segregation, but like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like just the wildest things in history have happened. We are seeing more mass murders and not, and, and, and not to minimize what happens in urban communities where, you know, gun violence is, I'm not going to say more prevalent, but it's more highly publicized. But mm -hmm. what we are seeing is more of it, publicized in a way of how it affects um more white communities i guess is the only way to mm -hmm. to say it honestly not necessarily nicely um but we're seeing more of that we're seeing people um look to violence as a way of expressing themselves we're seeing more people um ban education like literally taking books out of school like it's fahrenheit what yeah. is it fahrenheit 9 11 is that what it's called? Uh, yes. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It is, we, we are it. burning books. We are burnt, mm. like burning music. The, you know, shout out to Nicole Hannah-Jones, who we met back in 2019 at the Can Lion Creativity Festival and had great times um, having conversations with, but even her platform through the 16 New York Times 1619 mm -hmm. Project continues to be at the center of what I'm trying to, I'm trying to find a good name to say, but I don't have it, but like what conservative, ultra radically conservative, mm -hmm. and I don't even think it's conservatism, but that's what they're calling it. Ultra mm -hmm. white conservative, uh, uh, evangelical mm -hmm. Christian. Nationalism. 
nationalist people are are calling like woke washing we're tired of we're tired of this woke nonsense and it's like first of all who doesn't want to be awake second of all why are we going to extra lengths to hide things that are proven to be true because you don't want to hurt your kids i think that's the narrative i see we don't want our kids bad in school meanwhile my whole life i felt bad in school about like i don't know I, I don't know how other kids are going to experience, like, how do you grow character if 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 you're reading To Kill a Mockingbird and they talk about slaves and the N-word and the whole class doesn't turn around and look at you? Like, right. how do you know how to build confidence if you're not the only one in the class? How do you know mm-hmm. how to, I say that in jest, but also in truth. And so that's, that's a big backlash that yeah. I've seen that I think is also affecting our work. It's affecting how brands approach inclusion. It's a it's affecting absolutely. It's affecting what we put on social media. It's affecting what we what we validate as truth and non truth, and that's been mm-hmm. weird. Um, even even the fire festival, freaking fucking fire festival is coming back with like a new friggin' name, and nothing will ever piss me off like this headline pissed me off this year because this man not just schemed and scammed, but he schemed and scammed rich people. And y'all mm. still let him come back. He gave you y'all baloney sandwiches, went to jail for a while and came out and folks was like, I mean, you know, everybody deserves a second chance. <laughs> and, you know, just shout out to everybody who scammed all the rich people during the pandemic. Uh, the Thanos shit. Uh <laughs> Uh, you know, we could probably say uh, one of these crypto platforms is also out here scamming. It's been really interesting to watch um, something that we've said on this podcast before, which is people, white people, the dominant culture, if you will, um, often get hired or or the perks of the promise that they can do. And people of color or women often or well people of color often have to show proof in order to get through the door and so to watch how especially the thanos uh story like to watch how she scammed them is like like chef's kiss like just like and i want to be clear we're not talking about thanos from um from the uh, Marvel, movie. Marvel the, the, the <laughs> thanos talking- uh blood analyzer yes. machine yeah <laughs> like so much has happened but like yes it's a lot uh it's a whole lot of scamming it's a whole lot of covering up it's a whole lot of trying to undo what we what we've learned what people have gone to great lengths to learn Mm. um and it's affecting our work I, i i i think one of the things that i saw last year that was it wasn't wild and crazy to me, but it was something that I'm like, I'm going to keep an eye on because it's not the only one is that we actually started to see people within agencies talking about what was the campaign? D-I-E, D-E-I, guy, oh. D-E-I. If you don't yes. want to work, basically taking, uh, taking a call from um, Suge Knight, it was on some shit like, if you don't want DEI to influence your creativity, it was basically come to death row kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is where we are. This is where we are, where it's, it's you know, there's a big, there are big polar opposites in thinking mm-hmm. about how the world should work. 
And instead of figuring out how to best engage, um, how to best engage each other in, in productive ways, because sometimes the productive ways just like, don't talk to me. Like, I don't care. Like, don't talk to me. Um, people actually want to snuff other people out. So we're, Mm -hmm. we're in some weird times. I think I keep saying that to everybody. It's weird as fuck. Um, and we have different perspectives, um, because we've grown, we've matured, we've grown in our careers Mm -hmm. and we've seen more things like, we joke about all the time. Like we actually know where a lot of bodies are buried. We do. And, and how they're buried and how they're buried. I don't think people realize like over the years, like the secrets people will tell us, like, obviously we're not mm-hmm. going to see them on the show, but like, we know so much about this industry yeah. and the people within it that it's like, there does need to be this voice needs to be out there. There are mm-hmm. other voices speaking truth to power now um but i think it's going to be our duty and i'm looking forward to it to keep everybody abreast on not just what's happening and whether or not we agree with it but the complexities behind how they are happening so we can all mm-hmm. just be more aware so word take it all right so do do you have a dope shit or do i have a dope shit um yeah, I'm sure I have a dope shit. So much has happened. I think my, you know what? I do have a dope shit. Um, shout out to Rihanna. Um, and the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, for just stopping on, like, when I say applying pressure to next, Rihanna said, "Listen, y'all." She said a couple things, but she said, "Listen, y'all. Y'all keep asking me about music. I'm really, I'm out here making billions of dollars. I don't understand why you want to hear music." I'm just going to give you remixes of music I've done in the past. And then I know you keep asking me for an an album, but I'm going to come on the biggest United States stage, North American stage to Mm -hmm. let y'all know I am going back in the house to raise my babies. Yes, babies, because not just one do I have, but I have a second. Mm -hmm. And while I do it, I'm going to drop a Vogue cover. And while I do it, I'm my I want my sales from my beauty and lingerie lines to increase. And mm. I'm gonna raise children and I'm gonna be in a relationship that I define the way I want to. And I'm not gonna lie, when she was on that stage and I saw ASAP Rocky and you know she got the baby and you're trying to be like, you know, is that baby weight or a new baby? Like we were all mm. kind of talking about it. We wanted to know. I was like, sis is setting a new standard for what it means to be a working mom. This is not the working mom of the 90s and the 2000s and no shade to them. My mom was a working mom in the 90s, um, not showing up to school events, telling me, you let them know your mother works. But, <laughs> that to um, but it, it's it's a new outlook on what it looks like to have as much as you want when you want. Because mm. um, I know as a woman, especially coming into that phase in my life, you know, there's conversations about how do you balance Right. Rihanna show me do what the how the fuck you want and if that means yeah. that we squeezing into this red jumpsuit with a be- with a baby bump or otherwise mm-hmm. that's what that's what we're doing to go back on sabbatical also shout out to Beyonce for giving the longest role marketing rollout of an album ever like this is about to be a five-year rollout with this international concert tour just shout out to all the ladies doing it that's yeah. that's it for me that's dope shit. What, what, what a time to be alive um it's 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 really interesting to watch the both of their careers because they are master marketers and 
everything that they do that they do resonates within culture. Like it's the thing that people want to talk about, and it's going to be the thing that people reference for a long time. I have a quick uh, dope shit, which is uh, a few weeks ago, like beginning of February, um, Netflix and General Motors announced that they are mm-hmm. in a partnership. Yep. Uh, for basically. Um, the two are joining together on their Everybody In campaign that aims to accelerate mass adoption of electric vehicles. And basically what's going to happen in this uh, partnership is they're going to increase the presence of electric vehicles in Netflix produced TV shows and movies uh, wherever they feel like it's relevant. And uh, Kai and I were talking about this the other day. I think that this is genius. It is the, the future of brands creating content creating i don't want to say real content but creating content um that is going to be consumed differently that people want to consume because if we're keeping it a buck uh, i don't know about your hulu but my shit is on ad free uh because no i'm not that rich yet no i'm not i don't want it so um i think that this is the future and i think we're going to see more agencies and brands figuring out how to organically place products in uh, TV shows. And the example that I've been giving is uh, season one of Insecure when they were fighting in the Rite Aid. And, you know, Issa was like, we're not about to be the black couple fighting in the Rite Aid. That has stuck with me for the last uh, five years or so because that was like genius brand placement. And it was also putting a brand really in the center of culture in a way that we'll we'll always remember. So, I think this is extremely dope. If this is what you're working on, holla at me. Uh, I'm I'm down for the count. Um, but yeah, this is this is definitely like dope shit, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. There's definitely a lot of entertainment and advertising converging um, with technology, and I I'm sure that I'll be speaking about that as well. So yes, that is dope shit. Um, the ain't shit. The world is on fire. Still is hot. I don't really have nothing else to say. Turn on the news. In fact, yeah, just open whatever social media platform you use. The world is on fire. That's the answer. They beefing. That's they that's beefing. that's the headline. They beefing. They beefing. <laughs> Everybody is. is. They beefing. All right. Well, we have so much more to come to you. Um, to come to you guys after this episode, you'll hear from us at different conferences and different spaces. Uh, I think we have an episode coming from um Sundance. Yes, we went to Sundance Film Festival. Mm. That was wild. Um wild in a good way too, not necessarily mm. that way. Um so we can't wait to talk to you guys more about that and share all things culture and say all the things you wouldn't say in mixed, in company. mixed company. Peace out. Peace out y'all.